Revolutionary crass. Yeah. I have here today a very special guest, a New York comedian from Portland, Mr. Danny Phelps. Oh, hey, hey, you're uh, stepping on my civil rights, boy. Oh, god. Oh, speaking. Hey, it's the first letter of the alphabet. Hey. <laughs> Let me just explain for the listener. First of all, thanks for listening. You are the lifeblood of the podcast. Uh, normally, we have three co-hosts. Uh, I am Alex Patak. Normally, we have Anders Lee. Anders Lee here. He's a radio extraordinaire. Anders Lee here. He is in Europe doing the Edinburgh uh, Fringe Free Festival uh, for stand-up comedy. And then Raghav Mehta it has the bubonic plague and tried to come here on the train to my apartment. And the MTA uh, blocked him in southern Manhattan and then told him to go fuck himself. Uh, so he wanted me to take at least five minutes to just rant aimlessly about the MTA. Wait. Danny, do you have anything to offer in this regard? Wait, so he I assume he was like trying to come from my neck of the woods. And then when he went into Manhattan and tried to transfer, they were like, there's no train south or something like that. No, he was in Upper Manhattan where his sister lives, uh, dragged himself out of the house, uh, shaking and vomiting blood onto the train where uh, it took him to Prince Street and then decided, oh, I'm not a train anymore. I'm just a level like a big room you can sit in with air conditioning. And then he was like, oh, I'll transfer to a different train. That train was like, well, nobody gets on me. I'm a house. And, uh, <laughs> I'm just so, a house uh, for feces. I'm a house. <laughs> I'm a house with <laughs> wheels. For good about. I, I like how we keep defaulting that was the to original, this voice. That was the original show house was a guy who just shows up and he thinks he's a house. Hey, I mean, yeah, I would say you like that. He, like he's still a doctor, but they're like, what, what does he have? Is it, is, it, uh, is it lupus? And he's like, um... Come in my front door. Like the whole show's the whole show's in his in his head. Yeah. Uh yeah. so I like I think it would have been better. So wait, so so Raghav just kinda had like a bad he just had a bad day. Yeah, Raghav's had a bad day and last a bad last several weeks. <laughs> um just on the verge of death. Yesterday we put on a show together. He said it was a good day because he managed to digest a bagel and a soda. Does he have so wait that's wh- where he's at? Wait, does he have like lupus or or like does he have uh He has So he went to a free clinic and they told him that he had cut his ch- throat with chips and had the <laughs> flu and that's why he was vomiting blood. Woo! And then I called my mother who is a doctor and she diagnosed him over the phone with gastritis. And since then he has been taking over the counter medication and getting better slowly. What the? But uh, long story short, if your doctor tells you you cut your throat with chips, you should see if uh, you're actually just in like some frat bros room <laughs> or something. Because <laughs> that is a high idea. 
That's not something, that's not like a doctor idea. Like, I could have come up with that. Yeah, that's not, uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, <laughs> God, that's, I, I, yeah, that does sound like a, a bro doctor just like, oh, dude, you, oh, you fucking, you fucking cut your throat with chips, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, were you eating chips? Oh, you got, because first of all, when you're drinking, you gotta get chips, but, uh, uh, it's gonna settle the food, but and that's why you can't do Taco Bell, dude, because it's too sharp on the edges. Even though you're saving money on the cheese. Uh, no, Taco uh, Bell's the soft. Well, okay, part of Taco Bell is the softest food. That's part ever. of Taco Bell is the softest food. Yeah. Also, see, and this is the argument we always have on my political podcast. Which part is the softest part of the food? It's well, okay, so. Yeah, but what there are like those uh those bros out there, I um they they love dispensing like their little bit of knowledge that is like so very clearly part of just regular like we everybody already knows this knowledge. Like it, it, it's like there's nothing a 19-year-old at Penn State likes to do more than to be like, dude, do not mix your liquors, dude. That is a bad idea. Like, they love... That is a no-no. Yeah, yeah, do not do... Dude, you gotta eat something, dude. You gotta eat something. Like, any show of knowledge, however trivial, it's that they gotta put it out there. Oh, dude, my favorite memory of this exact phenomenon, when I was 13, I went to a uh, boys' party sleepover where everyone just figured out what porn was and wanted to watch porn. But one of the kids was a narc, and we didn't want him to watch it with us. So he fell asleep in front of the TV while we were all watching the porn, not even doing anything about it, just looking at it and looking all leery-eyed. And then uh, the kid woke up, who was the narc, and he's like, I'm sick! And so my friend Mark led him to another room, and he's like, so what you have to do is eat apples because the skin of the apples will actually fight the infection. And he's like, what? I don't feel good. And they're like, eat this apple and go to sleep so we can jack off. So we can we can jack off with our brains even. Yeah, not even real. That's the problem I was having with it was no one was finishing in this room full of 10 ripe pubescent boys. <laughs> wait, wait, were people trying? You know, like, you gotta be. <laughs> wait, wait. So, you, know? you so like, it, if you weren't, like, like no one was, quote, unquote, like, on paper trying to come, but, like, if you weren't, like, trying to sneakily get some hand action in the side there when no one was looking, like, is it even Mark's birthday? <laughs> I think it, yeah. So, all right. Wait, wait. We're going to go and talk about anything else now. <laughs> yeah, I think we, uh, I, I think we, it's for the best. It'd be probably best to, to get on some sort of list. Um, that would be great. Um, yeah. Your kiss is on my list. Hollow notes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, me, oh, oh I'm, I'm not even going to talk about that. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. But, uh, all right. So, so, Danny is on the Mr. Cleo podcast with I am. Jake Flores. He's from right. The famous Twitter internet. Jake is Jake is hard into the internet these days. He loves it. Yeah, I've really turned my back on just the whole idea. It it's only there I think to make me mad and uh Try to get me to install aggregate sound devices on my computer for a full hour while I talk to you on Skype. Yes, <laughs> yes. Then, uh, fail to do so. So you record your interview on your end, and then I record mine on my end. And then after, I just 
slip my throat and fall over a bridge. Um, but that's the world of podcasting, isn't it? Woo! Uh, this, this was an exciting week for politics. Last week, we had a Unite the Right rally where uh, Nazis came out in full force and uh, one of them hit a woman with her car, I mean, with their car, and killed her, and, like, 20 other people were injured, and one guy got beat down with uh, what looks like American flags. Uh, It was just... It was was a real bundle of no-nos, as you would call it. That was last weekend. This weekend, another rally was assembled in Boston as the Freedom of Speech rally. Because everybody who was not a Nazi, yummy, 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 uh, was kind of upset at the last thing, and uh, around 15 high schoolers showed up, and then 20,000 protesters showed up. Oh, boy. So, it seems like a good week in terms of uh, the fates of the left. It feels fun to be on this side, like we're getting less owned by virgins. <laughs> uh, I think it's funny... Uh, the whole so just to be a bit is that a good wrap up am I doing good by myself sometimes like I'll be talking alone without a microphone and then after a good three minutes I'm like yeah it's a nice Patek wrap up (laughs) you could record that later everyone knows what you're talking about buddy no you're 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 doing fine you're doing fine uh Jim Jam uh it's just fine I would just say uh it, it was it was a good week for outrage certainly uh outrage was hot hot in the news uh n- just to be a bit glib about it i mean i don't know i don't know I, I mean i don't know if this is like the mark of a sociopath and i certainly like definitely feel terrible and awful that like people died and like all that stuff happened but it's just oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. oh yeah that is the <laughs> get to the bad shit you're gonna say <laughs> uh, no it just I I just think it's like when people are like can you believe that that people died or like can you believe this happened and I'm like well I mean I guess you're going to have to define the word believe like yeah certainly I think I I do in reality believe that some shitty neo Nazis uh uh like you know came out and uh, would killed somebody to violence and hurt somebody yeah but it's especially like, when you get that many of them together with torches yeah i i i like definitely believe that happened and they need to be stopped certainly but if someone's like do, do you feel bad or stuff and and it's like i don't know i think as a human and as i think most humans do unless they're just very emotive i just don't re- things don't really hit home for me until they're like physically happening <laughs> to me so it's like while i of course it's terrible that these things happened i'm not i'm not crying over it i'm like in solidarity with my brethren for sure but i'm i'm not i don't know man i'm not losing sleep over it you know <laughs> Right. Well, I mean, it speaks to the word believe because you can believe it would happen. And it's not surprising that these terrible people would do something terrible. It is upsetting. But before this interview, I asked you, do you believe that ghosts are just aliens from another dimension? And you took a long time to decide what that means for you. And I think that's really what the word believe speaks to is, uh, you know, can you even process it? Yeah, that's oh yeah. Because okay, 
Think about the sightings of aliens people have a long time ago. A lot we of the times, Christian now. imagery. <laughs> no, well, I don't have anything pulled up right now, so I'm gonna go back in my corner on this. But I have some thoughts. Dude, We're gonna, a different episode on it, dude. You gotta Google a- uh, Google aliens, dude. <laughs> We're gonna <laughs> yo Google aliens. Seriously, dude. Look, see what comes up. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna have uh, Doctor Stephen Greer on the podcast, which is the doctor that uh, tried to fix Rog earlier this week, and we'll see what he says. Uh, but we're, we're having a uh, fun intro with Danny right now, who is filling in as my co-host. And after this, we're going to have an interview with Mike.com journalist Jack Smith Four, who was at Charlottesville and Boston both last weekend and in May. So if you're curious about an on-the-ground reporting from those events, stay tuned. In the meantime... We got some fucking ranting to do. Yeah, let's uh, get. Well, okay. Hey, um, what actually, did you feel like the 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 air was in between Charlottesville and this weekend? Like, like what was the public reaction? I guess is the question. Okay, so like, you know what? That is kind of a difficult question to answer because, and I I re- I hate to be a dictionary Danny here, but you're gonna have to define public. Because when you say public, I think the first so thing... So if you the- think about what things ghosts own and which things aliens own, um, <laughs> they both fall under very similar categories. And there are a lot of videos on YouTube that back this up. But I guess in terms of public, I mean, um, you know, whoa. Well, I'll tell you what this. What were you seeing? What were your peers saying about this? Like, I'm on Reddit a lot because I'm the worst person, and it was interesting Confirmed. to see a basic reactionary hub turn so strongly against the idea of the far right in the span of a day when normally they're the first person to, uh, you know, uh, what if a rape argument or something. So, okay, I think you make a good point there uh, because on the internet, certainly, people were having uh, many... Which we decided I hate. Yeah, people, people were like, I, this is abhorrent, this is terrible, this stuff, you know. Uh, I think I maybe in total this past week have had maybe like one in-person actual conversation with somebody. <laughs> what? Like... Where have you been? <laughs> I've been all over the place. I've been in open mics. I've been in the city. I haven't even... Maybe I casually heard it on the train once, but I guess this is what I'm saying is that, like, people... So you've talked at people and had people talk at you, but you have not had a back and forth more than one time this week? Uh, No, I mean, I guess... Well, I, I guess, like, I've heard people talk about it on stage, and I've had, like, very, very brief things with people. But, like, I don't... That's the thing is, like, my audience and my... The people and group of people I'm, I'm around, it's like, I, I have to go back and say that, like, yes, the internet was horribly pissed off and, 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 and for good reason. But uh, in my real-life situations, it's like, uh, I yeah, no, I didn't... We didn't talk talk about it that much, and... I'm a person who is engaging in that media quite a lot. Like, I engage in your Chapos and your, uh, 
your other street fight radio yeah yeah and third podcast that is mostly sassy dudes yeah i guess what i guess what i'm getting at is that uh the whole fervor and everything that's happened so far is is real but it's super 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 amplified on the internet to the point where like i just don't really know how much or little it actually is affecting people because people are doing things. Well, the interview with Jack touches on that a lot because um, the back and forth people are having on the internet about what the experience was like at these rallies is pretty different than the experience of actually being there from what he was saying. In terms of like public and media outcry and just everyone being mad, this open resurgence of white nationalism clearly upset the most soft-spined peoples in america enough to come back against them with indiana jones memes um and it was kind of cool to see you know just like moderate libs and everyone who isn't a far-right nazi uh coming out and condemning this and all being on the same side at once but it was even more interesting to see who doubled down and uh, we're defending these people. So out of my entire Facebook feed, mm-hmm. everybody everybody we know as a comedian had their f- funny joke about Nazis, usually a pun with the phrase Nazi. That's a pretty strong joke. Uh, there's a lot of laughs to be had there. Um, but there was one lone soldier who we know, who we don't even need to name because nobody's going to know who he is anyway. Let's but not he did a name post. names. <laughs> not name names. names. Uh, he did a post saying that he was ashamed that the stand-up comedy community, the bastions of truth-telling in New York, <laughs> turned against people who just wanted to gather for freedom of speech in the lowly town of Charlottesville, oh, regardless of whether or not they looked like the clan with no hoods and we're taking down the town with torches. So, <laughs> um, so and I have, I have. So, like, how does that make this. you feel? I guess before I get into it. So, okay, I, I, I just, uh, and I, I'm going to ask for a second that I, uh, that I can fully explain myself here because I'm not saying anything controversial, but I have to, like, sure. Th- do you want to send me like any slides or um, picture evidence, and I'll just send you the alien stuff? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, okay, great. Okay, but be- you can begin. Um, okay, so here's what I got to say about um, the whole free speech argument and, and, and about that. So I think it is a very, very easy to sort of make that argument um, from home and, and what have you and all that stuff. And I think it completely negates human emotion as a whole. Because let me just tell you right off the bat, I have been accused multiple times of being quote-unquote mean. And I, (laughs) (laughs) with that in mind, I don't think people truly understand what it is like to actually experience, uh, like, these situations when they're played out in real life. Like, I think it's super easy to just be like, oh, dude, we got to defend free speech and everything like that. Oh, we got to do that. I think it's as easy to do that as it is to be like the guy at a bar who's like, 
dude, if I was at that at that situation you were in, I would have fucking kicked that guy's ass. Like been, it's a, it's like role playing. It's more role like it's more imagineering than it is actual politics. Yeah, because is, it's is that like, kind of where you're headed? Uh, yeah, I guess what I'm saying is is just like I'm sure your friend like meant really well and stuff, but I feel like he's the kind of guy who. I mean, we're friends on Facebook. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure this... You know, like that level of friendship? <laughs> so, you know, uh, I can't remember what I heard it on, but I remember one of those sort of like kind of like Libby kind of like let's talk about everybody's point of view publications or not publications, but like This American Life talking to a Trump supporter and talking about how he's like a troll and he's, he's trolling people and all that stuff and... You know, Ira Glass does this whole thing where it's like, well, um, uh, don't you think it's a little bit weird that he's calling the Mexicans rapists? And this, like, weird, slovenly idiot is just like, oh, so what? I don't know. And, like, it's just a joke. It's a joke. Or, like, oh, you know, whatever. And that is just, to me, the hallmark of a person who is, like, doesn't experience real life. And it sounds like your friend, basically. It's like it's so easy to just sort of like it's not easy, but it's so simple to say, "Oh, it's just a joke, or it's just a thing, or I'm, I'm, I don't really." People mean who it. don't have the mob coming after them are remarkably uh, resistant to being angry at the mob. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's, it's. I guess just. It, it's just what, what it, I wanted to say about it is like I'm not surprised someone had this opinion, but what really caught me off guard, and it was a long, I guess, well-written post, but like 160 people liked it. Likes mean nothing. I mean, it's so easy. I and I, I think it's well. I mean, I mean, let me just finish what I'm saying here. If it seems like implicit support from cow-brained people who can easily be talked into turning onto the wrong side of history. And so even though it seems like these uh, scary right-wing mobs have kind of fallen apart for right now, there are always uh, the softest dullards who can be cowed into <laughs> joining their little ring at the drop of a keyboard. Uh, and so just look on, uh, keep on the lookout for that when the shit hits the fan, when climate change picks up and everybody starts going to war. I think, okay, since I've been, since I was 18 and I'm almost, almost 30 now, I think... Is this the beginning of a long story? Because we, I gotta like go. I gotta no, no, actually, in fact, okay. this is like, this is like a really good way to summarize everything up. Since I've been like 18, right. I've been involved in music, writing, uh, like videography, like other small little things, all kinds of stuff. And I have been at so many parties where somebody's been like, quote, oh dude, we gotta do this. Oh, we should hang out. Oh, let's 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 jam, dude. And I think the number of times that it's actually happened ha can be counted on like both hands. And I'm talking like hundreds of times of doing this. It is so easy for people to be like oh, i agree with this or oh, oh oh yeah let's do this and of course like i said don't hesitate to stop them if things actually happen but just like man dude i can't tell you how many 
fake plans have been devised and, and then nothing happens. So, so the like rise of fascism is pretty much the same as when coked out bros want to make a band. Yes, that is what I've been trying yeah. to tell people. It's like the band they're never going to get together. Uh, and if they get together, dude, they're going to kill. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So yeah. Um, it's fucking joke time. <laughs> Please, I encourage you. I encourage uh, uh, people on the left to mobilize and, and donate to uh, relevant causes that stop these kinds of things. And if you're in a city that has like uh, a, a a Nazi marcher in it, uh, be careful, obviously, but also like march and, and stop them and everything like that. Um, I still think you're only going to see about twenty guys there, maybe, and uh, and. The opposition. I think you will have uh, the 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 force. The force will be with you <laughs> in this case. Thanks for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Uh, if you want to find me on the internet, there's a couple places for that, including uh, Twitter. Uh, I don't tweet too often, but when I do, it's pretty fun. So don't worry pretty about. Pretty fun. It's pretty I fun. I can confirm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on me and- Twitter. Me and Alex have some pretty fun tweet times. Uh, yeah, so you can find me at Twitter, uh, at Danny Felt, and I won't clog up your feed. All right, so that, that that's Danny. Thanks for co-hosting with me, man. Uh, you are my backup soldier when everyone else has died. Yeah, dude, and trust me, after, after the end times happen, you want me on your team. I'm good at woodworking. I can use a sewing machine. Uh, I, I and think you make buttons. I make buttons. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, actually, please, uh, uh, contact me on my website, dannyfelts.com, and if you want buttons, I make one-inch buttons for $30 for 100 of them. Uh, I don't have a job, so this helps me pay for stuff. All right. That's the intro. We're going into the interview now. Jack Smith 4 from Mike.com. It's his fourth time on the show. Hot podcasting. We could like do an intro. Never mind. We could do a fun intro. Uh, I'm just you all. You're so generous to have me, but I'm just so terminally unfunny. Uh huh. Like everybody tries to do bits with me, and I'm like, oh, I'll play the part of the visiting I've seen journalist. You do bits, man, sometimes you like um. What I like about you is when we're going to do a bit, you announce, oh, we're doing a bit, and then we do it. And uh, that level of formality is missing in my day-to-day, you know? It's like that T.J. Miller one time talked about how he had a stroke. or No, no, not a stroke. T.J. Miller had a stroke? No, he, he, <laughs> T.J. Miller actually had some sort of a very severe sort of like brain, uh, like a tumor or a growth, like the size of a golf ball, and had to undergo surgery. Anyway, he tells a story about how he... Is that where they twisted his brain? Yeah, when yeah. They were in there. Yeah, no, he, <laughs> he, ta- up, made it a little he bit talk- twisted. He talks about the weird stuff he did while he he was all like jacked up on this tumor and the weird behaviors. And one of them was he started approaching his conversations with an intentional structure that would begin with an outline of how the conversation would sort of go forward, and then he would hit those milestones along the way and then end with a compliment. (laughs) Uh, And I think that I've just tried to adapt that since. Spoken like a true improviser. Yeah. Right, right. right. Well, uh, this is is a good preface to our interview. Guys, we're here with Jack Smith 4, back on the program for the fourth time. A fourth time. Fourth is is my lucky number. 
This is the best appearance you will ever have. This is the star lines up and creates this interview, man. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it because I did, for anybody, you know, Charlottesville is kind of an old story, but I did. No, one yeah, of the nice, one of the nice it's things. old news. We're not even going to mention it. It's I know. not even in the fucking mind right now, one dude. Of the, one of the fun things about, like, the lefty podcasts that are more independent is you guys will just, like, grab somebody good who was on the ground. So, like, the only really great interview I've given about Charlottesville was to Katie Halper for, like, 45 minutes. And I still think is, like, one of the, if I might say so, like, one of the better accounts of what happened that day because I gave it to her that night. Yeah. Uh, And that's only going to be succeeded by this great interview, you're saying? Right, yeah, exactly, because now we have even more context, even more racism, so we have so much more to talk about. All the questions Katie was uh, too afraid to ask we're going to cover today. Right, yeah. Uh, Just to clarify, today is right after the uh, Boston uh, Freedom of Speech Rally. A, a uh, gathering with a name as noble as their intentions, I'm sure. Uh, Jack is a reporter for Mike. I've already introduced him in the other part. I've forgotten about that. Uh, but uh, he was there on the ground floor at the events. And you were there at the uh, White Nationalist Rally in May. Is that right? Yeah, so here's what I'll say about the we have, what we have to start at. It's really, really important context to begin with what happened in May, right? So this Which is, you could check out the Kekistan uh, show we did a few months ago, and yeah. Jack talks about the whole thing. Yeah, so what really kicked off that spate of rallies was the the Milo protests, the Battle of Berkeley, and the first outcropping of anti-fascist resistance post-Trump. So you had, in the first, the first wave of Antifa fights uh, sort of occurred at dis- the Disrupt J20 protests outside, like, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos speeches— and sort of what the right, far right realized is that they could get quite a bit of press and quite a bit of shrift by provoking anti-fascists into violent conflicts that then Tucker Carlson would sort of run with mm. as sort of his issue du jour for the week. That's so crazy because my ex-wife used to use a very similar tactic to get the police on her side. Right, yeah. And I think we can draw a lot of parallels between sort of what Tucker Carlson is doing and sort of family court. I exactly. Think. Okay. And so this is the mindset people had. Well, at you're the, doing a bit uh, right there, right? I think we I was for a little bit. The, that was a bit. That was good. A bit. Good eye. Thanks. We were bidding. I'm hitting those milestones. I don't even way. have an ex-wife. That's just a funny thing. I like to talk about that. Only I think is funny. Now I haven't ended on a compliment yet. So, uh, and your haircut is always very nice. Um, thanks. I've started shaving it myself. It's so much cheaper. Seize the means of Fucking production. Yes. It's, uh, getting back to Boston. Uh, <laughs> I uh, sorry. I I uh, I think we're talking in, about the May one right now, right? We're talking about the okay. May one, and the, one of the things that was great about great for the right about all this anti-fascist resistance is um, sort of this idea of the violent left is one of the far right and even the mainstream right's new frameworks for a grievance narrative. Um, right. It's when, the George Soros of uh, this year. Uh, quite. Like, it's – we remember 2016 and before, if you were to turn on Fox at any given time, what would you hear about in terms of the the, the liberals? You'd hear about liberal media. You would hear about Barack Obama. You would hear about um, – Hussein Obama. Barack Hussein Obama, the social justice warriors and the sort of liberal liberals and the liberal press and the triggered liberals. And now – where before we used to have this spectrum of liberalism, now that conservatives control, you know, 
30, something like 33, 34 governorships, 33, 34 mm-hmm. um, state legislatures, uh, the Supreme Court, the House, the Senate, and the presidency. The narrative has to change. The narrative has had to change, and what that means is that we now, where we used to hear liberals a lot, we hear about the left and the violent left and the sort of alleged loose coalition of, and you see this in the NRA messaging, you see this equivalence between, in one video, sort of accused the Washington Post and Al Franken of being colluders in order to, quote, organize anarchy in our streets, and sort of just like lumping together Elizabeth Warren with Antifa Mm -hmm. in D.C., breaking windows in a way that sort of cleanly makes no sense. Right. But... If you can generate some of this footage of an anti-fascist, you know, shoving an old man or whatever, it just it, – it is very fucking – I'm just saying it's politically useful. Right. Well, I mean, that's the difference with Elizabeth Warren is she will just shove an old man without the mask on. Without impunity, yeah. yeah. She'd ma- – fuck it, mask off. She'll shoot someone in the street tomorrow and still be president. She, she understands said that. that the masks are bad praxis and has since abandoned them. So what, what bit this, is over. But so ended. now uh, I, I guess what so sticks out to, to me, this brings us to May, uh, is ta- the big revelation I had talking to you about that rally. What was the name of that one, by the way? That was just called, um, they refer to it retroactively as the Battle of Boston. Uh, but I forget, I think it was just, it was held by a Facebook group called Boston Free Speech. <laughs> it was just, you look, they, they don't, the, the titles are sort of functionally meaningless because the intended purpose is to provoke anti-fascist. It started with a 4chan post that was, we need one of these rallies in our town. Bring your fully, bring all your body armor ready to combat anti-fascists. And all of the speeches, you know, the rally itself had very little politics. The organizers were 17-year-old kids from the Boston suburbs who were enamored to have the audience of, like, Sam Hyde was there, uh based stickman Kyle Chapman was there. The head of the Oath Keepers was there. Proud Boys were there. Anyone based. <clears throat> anyone, yeah, anyone based. And sort of it was this broad right coalition of people who once, who are united against anti-fascists and they had a great time of it and they held these rallies. And it was really interesting to see this movement believe it was coalescing around a common cause. Well, one of the problems is, is that after a couple of months, anti-fascists really started realizing that these were kind of absurd rallies and not worthy of attending. And mostly, they sort of fell flat. Well, what that caused is all of these groups to begin slowly turning on each other. Right. Well, that was what I was going to say was my takeaway from the last interview is from my comfy New York perspective, I hear about these rallies. I'm just like, oh, the Nazis got together when really it's the Oath Keepers and the sons of Uncle Sam and... uh, uh, flag waivers un- unanimous and like 20 different tiny groups nobody's heard of showing up together and fighting about small things while trying to be racist. Wait, are you talking about the left or the right here? I'm talking oh, about the right. Oh. Hey, wow. Horseshoe. Woo. Follow the shoe. Hey, so um, I think you're right. And once there was sort of like a reduced anti-fascist presence, a lot of these groups had to contend with one another. For example, Oath Keepers hate white nationalists because... Uh, anti-governmental extreme right-wing militias are fundamentally pro-constitutionalist. So if you say something like um, democracy is bullshit and we need fascism in our time or we need an identitarian state or we need an ethno-state, 
the militias, that's kind of a, where they draw the line. So what happened? They see themselves as like a Robert Jordan for whom the bells toll type of just generic uh, classical republicanism. Is they, that what it is? They see themselves as uh, they see themselves as some of them. Of course, there's a little bit of crossover with neo Confederate stuff going on, but they just kind of see themselves as grassroots, you know, a grassroots movement of military sworn to defend a constitution that their government has abandoned and usually they're small government types usually they're very anti-fed you know if you if if you go by their terms look i'm gonna present this is always important to present is to no present. that's what i want to know because i am genuinely fascinated with how you could be all about supporting these people but not allying with them yeah so what what happens is is in the militia movement is aging like the militia movement is getting is kind of old-fashioned it's sort of responding to an old vin you know these it's are the myspace of movements uh your words yeah yeah my <laughs> words no I, I think much more antiquated i mean it's much more like these guys don't have a young generation they're it's the uh, aol online of movements yeah for a little context these are the kind of guys who believe that communism is what threatens the con that truly the anti-fascist mm -hmm. threat is a communistic mm -hmm. threat i mean they're kind of stuck in this uh sort of cold war mentality uh, and they believe so that's kind of funny they kind of share that viewpoint with the jen kirkman paranoid liberals at this like the red bear is orchestrating these things <laughs> i think i think it's more just a very 1960s, 1970s, uh, sort of very rural, again, constitutionalists. You they know? think they're in Red Dawn. Yeah, but they're, but, but from, this is Glenn Beck's audience we're talking oh, about. Oh, word, okay. So the, they fancy themselves the uh, historians and scholars of a sort of very traditionalist, very nativist, very small government constitutionalist perspective. So... When they see what they traditionally think, you know, the anarchists, what they when they see the anarchists coming for fellow travelers on the right, they they see, hey, we are we have see a, a way by which we can be generationally relevant. We can go to sort of the front lines and we can act, if anything, as peacekeepers. Right. Which was the funniest part. Of the Which interview you gave, you gave last time where the Oath Keepers showed up and were talking to the Proud Boys and were like, you are the next generation yeah. of the Confederate Dawn. And they were like, re! And then yeah. that was the back and forth. 100%. Yeah. Not, not as much the Proud Boys. I think I think the, the joke is because the Proud Boys are there too, and which is another group that has... I mean, I want to be as upfront about this as I possibly can. I have a very hard time remembering which of these fucking groups are which. Yeah, so let's, <laughs> let's run through a couple of them because... None of them agree with one another. I want to do that quickly, and then I do want to talk about Boston. Yeah, I do. So, because let's let's describe what was going on in Boston, because Boston really had a taste of all of them. It had the sort of four uh, chan trolls who do the re thing and come out with the Kekistani flags and are obviously skew like very young and like these mm -hmm. are serious indoor kids. Um, Their only president is the Joker. Right. Yes, mm -hmm. these are the kind of guys who just are very excited. And by the way, these are the kind of people who also. When Antifa are chanting, they have no politics. So their Antifa will chant something like, uh, "The people united will never be defeated," and, the and that four, sounds good. And the four chan yeah. people will join them, right? Because the they're people. I yeah. mean, or they'll say logistically, Antifa will <laughs> chant something like, uh, "We will not give up the fight. Healthcare is a human right." And at one point, one of the guys in a Pepe mask turned around and said, 
hey, um, I don't know, like we want them to have health care. Mm-hmm. So we have the we have the four chantrels. We have the Proud Boys. Now these are the people who still cleave to the men's rights movement. Really, these are they're these, traditionalists. This is Gavin McGinnis's group? Gavin McGinnis, Western chauvinists. They describe themselves as Western chauvinists. Proud chauvinists. Western, proud Western chauvinists. Basically, uh, the the man, uh, not necessarily white, but because they're fellow travelers with white nationalists, it ends up oftentimes looping in whiteness. Sure. They, but there are p- people of color in the Proud Boys, but women should be housewives. Uh, men are entrepreneurs, and the Western male uh, is responsible for the innovations that make civilization great, and the Western patriarchy must be protected so that western civilization can remain great it is a traditionalist fraternity that loves to fight Mm anti-fascists and cause shit and do these sort of silly seeming gang style beat-ins so there's them they do beat-ins oh you should see the video the gang of like they do are they funny they're very funny. Oh no! They're very okay. funny. So well, we'll see have, if I can. They have touch a gang style beat in thing where you ha- they get punched, um, not very hard until it, you until it's the number of your birthday. Until no, until the person <laughs> uh, being punched can name aloud five breakfast cereals. No. I am a Western chauvinist. And I refuse to apologize. For creating the modern world. Creating the modern world. Gentlemen. Three, two, one. Great thoughts. One. one. Cheerios. Two. Frosted Flakes. Three. Cocoa Pop. Four. <laughs> Can't wait to come back on the show after the Juggalo March. So in Jacksmith, a couple other groups are the Militia Movement. Uh, and then obviously Southern Nationalist and White Supremacist organizations. Usually not the KKK explicitly the literal KKK. Why not? Why wouldn't they show up for this? I'm not sure. Well, here's the thing is, none of these groups want to cleave to recognizable tropes of white supremacy. These are groups that thrive on ambiguity. So the more they cannot appear in white robes, the more they cannot appear with literal swastikas, the more they cannot look like actual skinheads, the more plausible deniability they have that they don't hold those beliefs. Oh, Wait, you call me a Nazi? I'm not a Nazi. I don't have a swastika. So, you're the Nazi for saying I'm a Nazi. So when you say that's like, what Goebbels would do. So when you say the KKK or neo Nazis, we're not them. But through the tra- there's the Traditionalist Workers Party run by Matthew Heimbach that believes functionally, quite literally, all of the same things. Uh, believes in uh, is sort of indistinguishable from the Nazi movement. The reason when you say why don't why not the KKK why not literal neo Nazi factions uh, because it's bad for the rebranding effort. So which brings us to Charlottesville. Which brings us to Charlottesville. Charlottesville. So so now you have to understand. I'm not going to go through it all, but there's been quite a bit of infighting in the past few months. So all these groups that we described basically tore themselves to fucking shreds since uh since since after Charlottesville si- after you know since Boston really. So after Boston, there's another rally in Houston where the Oath Keepers fought with the physically got into shit with the white nationalists or the Pepe's or whatever because the Oath Keepers are anti white white supremacists. So then the the Oath Keepers were out and the the all the 4chan pollsters were calling them the Boomer Antifa is what they right. labeled them. Then, which is offensive because it's old. Then, as Unite the Right came out, came up, Gavin McGinnis said, "We ain't doing it." I'm not going. I don't want that shit. I don't want to be associated with that shit. And what happened? 
uh, his the Proud Boys started fighting with each other, and they sort of became, they sort of went to war with their own organization about where they stood in the scope of this movement. Then you had your Cernoviches and your Posobiecs and your Laura Loomers. So these are sort of the Roger Stone-style right-wing rat fuckers and, like, fake news extraordinaires who sort of stand really hard for Trump. Well, Richard Spencer and the hardline white nationalist front looked, looked at them and said, you know, we, we want to hold Trump accountable. You are just media idiots. You guys are media sycophants. He called them... He called them like something like perverts and liars. Oh no! It's and, like getting written up in the New York Post. And held a counter rally to theirs in Washington D.C. And what happened? Richard Spencer's was better attended because Richard Spencer's has hardline politics that actually represent the interests of this group. Mm-hmm. So, clear what, ideology versus muddled uh, memes versus muddled versus like memes and all this like weird trolling and the fake news shit and the Pizzagate shit. So in the end who's at Charlottesville? Like who made so, everyone so, mad this week? So all of that said, I just laid out, you know, for anybody who's listening, obviously like we've gone through all these groups, we've gone through the way they fucking tore each other apart. Basically what happened is the la- everybody standing at the end, everybody who had the constituency was an alliance of Sort of like Southern nationalists, white nationalists, neo-masculine traditionalists, like some of the Proud Boy shit going on, and basically white identitarians. Basically what happened was there was a – I had one Unite the Right speaker months in advance tell me it's a trimming of the fat. We have an agenda. The agenda is Trump is not fucking enough. Mm-hmm. Trump's not enough. We want – what he said was build a wall, uh, dismantle DACA – deportations and anti you know anti trade you know anti uh, uh, global capitalism anti bourgeois and trump ran on that as working movement and well, then didn't <clears throat> do it and then hasn't followed through very well so this group sees itself as an internal opposition party to the republicans that want trump to you know i spoke with so i spoke with a number of people i spoke with you know, I spoke with MAGA chud screaming like, you know, David chanting for David Duke, David Duke, David mm-hmm. Duke. And I said to them, I was like, you know, what do you think of Trump? And they were like, weak. Trump's weak. Mm, yeah. And they started going through Trump's talking points and said, hasn't done enough. David Duke says Trump hasn't done enough. Heimbach says, I spoke to Matthew Heimbach, who's the head of the Traditionalist Workers Party, sort of one of the mo- more significant speakers. Traditionalist Workers Party are like real white nationals national so they call themselves national i mean they're, they're they're the ones who had like the nazi backpacks and uh the matthew haircuts he- and, matthew heimbach yeah. will basically say if you want to wear a swastika you know i think it's outdated but fine right they want like a new cool streetwear type logo instead yeah he's trying it, so so heimbach is like heimbach's sort of the scion of um, the white nationalist movement in America, and he's like he's a he's very significant, and he's no bullshit, and he's really the front man. But you know, in Pike Pikeville in Kentucky, when they held a rally, you know, people were doing you know Nazi salutes and yelling Heil Heimbach. Spoke to Heimbach. Heimbach said Trump was supposed to drain the swamp, and Trump's filling it instead, and he's bourgeois and a capitalist. So, when so this is like Trump's ground team actually pushing the agenda forward outside of the spheres of power this is the trump's deepest constituency for his darker campaign rhetoric these are the people who represent 
very radically the things that Trump. I mean, they, they they're agenda specific. So what does unite the right? Unite the right is. Uh, Unite the Right is the far right going, get the pro-Trump media sycophants like Jack Posobiec the fuck out of here because he can't hold – he's just here for clicks and he's not holding Trump accountable. Out. Get the militia movement out of here. They're old-fashioned and irrelevant and constitutionalists, and they, if they want to come and protect the fucking front lines between us and Antifa, fine, but, you know, get out. So why do these people give you interviews? Don't they, don't they distrust you at all? Or they're just like, you have a shaved head. We can talk to you. You know, nobody nobody objects to being portrayed accurately. Right. You'd find you find that. So so they speak to me because I it, many of them will talk to me, one, because you can find them at rallies and they want to be clear about what they are. And oftentimes, you know, I refuse to sort of trump up the language about how scary they are. Like, I refuse to do a lot of dramatization. That seems more harmful than way even more har- just way seeing what they're saying. Way more harmful. You know, the Vice documentary everybody watched, look, fucking amazing job. Really crazy access. Chris Cantwell, you know, the guy who's heavily featured in the Vice documentary, yep. doesn't really have much of a constituency. He doesn't wield a lot of power. If you'd asked me two weeks ago, who's this Chris Cantwell guy? I would have been like, Mech, mostly irrelevant podcaster, can't draw a crowd. I've seen him speak before to a crowd of 100 people in Washington fucking D.C. Can't draw a crowd. So uh, I don't – I uh, do object to people who artificially hype up um, sort of the optics or, because that's what they like. They, they appreciate that sort of thing. Uh, it doesn't – because you've got to know what? As a fucking journalist, I don't need to. I can show you. These people believe in a white ethno state, and any reader will get it. You don't quick. have to build it up and make it scarier because it's already like it is what it is. And showing these people as kind of clumsy uh, white supremacists is more honest and useful than it is as just uh, Nazis who are also dinosaurs. So yeah, so this is getting a little meta, but let's just talk about Boston now because we've we've built up all this fucking history and all this context about what this movement's been up to the past couple of months. So what happens after Charlottesville is one person know, dies. We one person dies. We've talked about all this rebranding, and what I think is important to realize about this rebranding effort is Charlottesville really fucked them. Charlottesville really. They thrive on ambiguity. You know, this rebrand thrives on the their plausible deniability. They're Nazis. Oh, you can't call me a Nazi. I'm not a racist or a white supremacist. I am a nationalist. I believe in identitarianism. I, and they, they can speak around it. Well, and they thrive in that ambiguous space because people don't know often how to debate them. So, and people don't know how to interview them. So you have CNN people talking to these guys and these guys will bring out widely debunked race science because these taboos have existed for so long. They end up functionally trouncing many of the people who interview them. No one remembers how to debate the uh, extra ligament in your ankle theorem because it hasn't been in the back and forth for long enough. Yeah, I think that's right. So, so when you get to, so when you get to unite the right and the death happens and Republicans, you know, begin. You know, Republican politicians who might as well might as well been passively benefiting from this rise in nativist language are sort of forced to say, "Okay, this rebranding thing is oh, it fucked with the rebrand." It said it it said to the country, 
no, these guys want you to believe that they are, you know, that they be- that they that the overton window is moving in their favor. It's not. Shit's o- the jig is up. The peop- the most soft-spined people in America who never pick a side in any political struggle all came out against the Nazis this week. Hell yeah. Online. No one was for them. It didn't work at all. They looked like monsters. Uh, and then you get to the protest. What were the numbers on the Unite the Right side? You, you, at Unite yeah, the Right in Charlottesville? Yeah. No, so, in um, sorry, 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 uh, in, in Boston. In Boston. So Not what happens is, is so everybody, you know, begins no platforming them like fucking crazy. All these companies come out. Okay, Cupid bans Christopher Cantwell for life. I mean, now he'll never find love. These guys aren't fucking welcome at the you know check cashing place in the corner anymore. So these so pushes them functionally out of public life, and it only further entrenches a lot of these fissures and divisions. By the way. The fissuring then continues. Jason Kessler, the organizer of Unite the Right, goes on to tweet that Heather Heyer is like some fat slob or whatever, just these widely ugly things to say, and is disavowed by guess who the next morning? Richard Spencer. Well fucking done. I read your article. (laughs) Yeah, so so is, is immediately denounced by Richard Spencer. You know, if you think that there's, you know, no more internal fissuring that can happen, there it is. So, we've gotten to a point where they're totally unwelcome to the public eye, and then you have the free speech rally, which is made up of dispossessed parts of the movement that were abandoned a long time ago. Who was there? Let's talk about who was really there at the Boston rally, who was really on the represented side. Um, You have the core half-dozen to a dozen kids who initially— initially organized this rally, who did it as a provocation, who did it in order to be provocative and, uh, you know, the, not not by their own admission, but, I mean, if you want to be fair to their motives in order to provoke a response, in order to sort of be in this, in this, in, as part of this movement. We want to be part of it. We're the, we're the new white movement. Yeah, and remember, we're these, here for the fatherland. Well, these kids, by the way, don't have poli- so people will be like, they're not Nazis, but they are white supremacists and white nationalists. Mm-hmm. Actually, these kids, while they are right wing, don't really believe much, and we're very strictly like, well, we distance ourselves from Charlottesville, blah blah blah. We're all about a speech thing. They, it's pretty hard to have hard opinions by the time you're like sixteen. Well, they're trying to return to the ambiguity they enjoyed before, and nobody is tolerating it, and they can't. Yeah, <laughs> right. So. So what happens is it's about ha- about a dozen of them, about a half dozen sort of MAGA chuds, you know, wearing Trump flags right. as They'll just show up to these. Who just yeah. love showing up to be yelled at or whatever. And really— They're not invited to parties. And really revel in the idea that, th- that protesters might be angry at them and be at mm-hmm. the center of these crowds. Because, by the way— So they must have been happy at the end of this. By the way, and, and you know, when I say do this as a provocation, uh, the context I use there, the, what I'm citing is certain behavior like these MAGA guys, instead of going into the rally, would parade through a crowd of thousands of people, literally walk back and forth through the crowd before entering the rally, as people are screaming at them, as people are screaming, you know, don't be violent, blah, 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 don't touch them or whatever, and, and they, so they'd go back and forth. Um, like they're a heel in the WWE or something. A hundred percent. How many of these people just want to be a heel in the WWE? I think that's a fantastic analogy. In terms of like their shape and like what they're going for, <laughs> uh, their outfit. Yeah. So 
Right. So but they all want to be the same one is the problem. They're like, I want to wear a flag and I want to trigger libs and I'll be the lib destroyer. And then it was like, well, I just auditioned well, for the lib destroyer. Well, you know, the w, you saw that there's that amateur wrestling league that does have um, lib, liberal something. It's like, you, did you see that story at all? Oh, it's fucking no. brilliant. There's This exists. The thing you're describing, like there's a wrestler, pro wrestler, and I think like West Virginia or something who wears a shirt covered with, like, Hillary's face. Uh-huh. And he's called... Oh, I have that shirt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Oh, that shirt? Okay, yeah. No, no, no I, cut out the, I cut out the neck a little bit, so now I can wear it on warmer days. Right. So, That's a hairy thing. So, there were, uh, uh, the, com- the combined attendance was probably... You know, people say it was 30 on the outside. If there were a dozen people up there at any given time, I'd be amazed. They hung a couple flags, and the... You know, Boston should declare this thing a city holiday because it was the least racist day in Boston's history. <laughs> people were chanting. People, people were chanting something like, um, "You know, racists out of Boston, racists out of Boston." And I was like, "Okay, guys, where are you guys gonna go?" <laughs> I was like, "I was like, New who, Hampshire. Who are we talking to here? Like, who's gonna be left in Boston?" We'll all go in the donkeys after this. Well, it we and took them down. It was kind of cool hearing somebody shout. Race, get the fuck out of the park! <laughs> fuck you and fuck Gina. Yeah, it was amazing, dude. But I want to. Did you know... see the sign that I tweeted? Yeah, out? I did. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you had the great it sign. Was Yankee what was it? sucks, but it was crossed out Yankees, so it was Nazis suck. Right, and that's an important equivalence to draw. Uh, the thing I was most curious about is so you had the Boston PD, which all look like carbon copy cutouts of each other uh in a circle protecting this tiny aggregation of white nationalists there were something like 500 working police officers to defend 30 protesters yeah what were they doing like how were they feeling about the event were they just like if we have to mow down the antifa we will or were they like these fuck i can't believe we're taking the fucking nazis well tensions did tensions did get pretty nuts i had a feeling that like there was a certain extent to which the police are just resentful that they have to be in this position in the first place i've spoken to officers who've kind of um intimated subtly intimated that uh <clears throat> look like i think the police did have a rough job on their hand because they did in fact have to end up almost every single person who left that rally had to have a police escort mm-hmm. into crowds of thousands um at one point there were there were and there were people in the Trump side who would return to the crowd and start to antagonize counter protesters. Oh right, not like just if they forgot something. Right, or was that yeah. there? That was their all excuse. It was like, oh, I dropped my uh, 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 swastika. I have to get it. There were people who ran through the crowd of uh, <clears throat> counter protesters. This I didn't witness this firsthand, but uh, other reliable um, individuals who I, uh, I saw at the rally sort of said that there were people who ran through the crowd like shouting racial slurs. Just to sort of get people riled up. Mm-hmm. Um, and this know. was not for a baseball game. I feel like that's the difference between this and most Boston crowds. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, mm-hmm. As opposed to yelling racial slurs at uh, <laughs> players on the field. And Stephen King is there. So, you know, it's a real event. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I um, so one of the things that's nice is I think what it what it. Not nice, but it, it kind of resembles... <laughs> what is nice about this? Well, what's nice is that the nation kind of figured out where they stood. What's nice for me is, look, like, I've spent the past year examining this movement and learning about it and trying to teach audiences about the nuance and about the actual agenda and sort of get through the shorthand, which is, like, they're just Nazis. They're just white nationalists. Like to get through the shorthand and be like, 
okay, yes, like that's a good – if you come from that perspective, fine. But let's deepen your understanding of also what they believe so that you can be equipped to organize against them if, that, if that's your intention or if you're just curious. But it seems like they've kind of organized against themselves and that they're holding rallies that are falling apart and they're yeah, all fighting with each other. Dicks a lot. Yeah, so – now, Stephen Bannon was fired from the White House this week, and he's going back to Breitbart? Is that true? He's going to go back to Breitbart. Uh, Do you not... think that's going to have any kind of effect on, like, the the right-wing vanguard in the future? Well, and I, I think what it will do is it will – I think it can only cause more division because the before the right, you know, on the right, there was a lot of confusion about where Donald Trump – you know, if you go to poll on any given day, it's – People arguing about Bannon's alleged influence. Is he in? Is or is he out? With Bannon leaving the White House, I think to that far-right constituency, it is becoming much more and more clear that there was an extent to which they were duped by Trump. Mm-hmm. That Trump sort of like spoke to their interests and dog-whistled to them in order to speak to the fear that they represent more broadly in American life. Uh, and it's becoming more and more clear to them, especially with the removal of Bannon, that Trump's totally not their fucking guy. Things that you can notice about them is that they are way less adaptable than the left has been on this. You know, anti-fascists in Charlottesville did not mask up intentionally because they realized what that was doing for the right. Mm-hmm. They didn't throw out... It, because the right, you know, Fox News followed the anti-fascists in Boston obsessively. There was about two dozen of them. I saw them. Little Antifa <clears throat> crew of 12 to 20 people. And they walked around with a little banner or whatever. And they tried to, like, fuck with some MAGA chuds by, like, stealing their flags and whatever. Mm-hmm. And Fox News followed them around obsessively. But they 20 weren't. 20 people. And have been looping that footage on TV. 20 people in a crowd of 40,000. Estimated 40,000. And I think that people are starting to learn. Uh, the left is adapting its praxis and growing its coalition uh, really well. So the counter-protest is having a function. While at the rallies, they're not adapting well. They're, like, not that <clears throat> their movement is filled with infighting and is falling apart which really is the best thing you can hear on a lovely summer day thanks for having me thanks for coming on uh i know your time's short. is there anything you want to plug anything people should check out yeah um also by the way just in case some unforeseen thing happens where their movement is bolstered growth i also want to hedge that by the way while being like their movement is falling apart alex mm-hmm. perine and splinter today mm-hmm. one of the gizmodo media group <clears throat> uh sites published this thing that was basically like look you may think that like richard spencer's an idiot or whatever blah 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 blah, blah. and they're not a real intellectual not a real leader he's like but they have the most emergent far right uh sort of youth movement right now and he's like what you're not going to see is like richard spencer become an actual intellectual leader in public life but what you will see is some of these guys in the crowd like running for fucking congress like james alsop who is one of the speakers who's like a Washington student from Washington who I've spoken to for stories in the past, like <clears throat> guys like that, if not for their explicit and very public affiliation with this movement are learning quite a bit about how politics are done are learning quite a bit about where people's lines and sensitivities and anxieties. So and this isn't over dark line. It's not over. It'll evolve. This group of individuals are largely being routed out of the public sphere and returning to marginalization. Uh, but we can't forget that what they represent 
is a sentiment held broadly in Republican uh, sort of politics and conservative politics, and that uh, holds a lot of power <laughs> through those means. Right, that like they are the tip of the iceberg in the way that in the way that like they are the highest, they are the furthest highest point of these sentiments that are poking up above water. But like chopping off the tip of the iceberg, we still have to recognize that just because we can no longer, we're no longer aesthetically offended by having to see these guys in public all the mm. time, doesn't mean that there's not a giant fucking goddamn massive ice that will, will like sink your ship if you drive into it. So there is still a looming threat that's institutionally protected in the United States. Some of the best news you can hear on a lovely summer day. <laughs> Uh, no, so you don't got so anything like, you want people to check out? Uh, I'm doing like video like crazy now. And, like So follow me on Twitter, Jack Smith the Fourth, J- like Jack Smith IV on Twitter. Also like Facebook. I publish a lot of shit there. My videos. I've got like a viral one about the Confederate monuments right now. I don't know. Just look follow. Your Twitter whatever. rules, man. Uh, check out Jack. You can follow my Twitter uh, if you want some jokes or just stay tuned to the Left Jest Twitter at The Real Left Jest. And hopefully my co-hosts will come back soon and we'll have another fun time. Yeah, sorry for not being funny. Hey man, you do you're doing bits? Yeah, yeah, I can do all sorts of bits. Love uh, bits. Do you want to do like the Looney Tunes song for an outro? Dun, 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 dun. Is that the one? Yeah, that's funny. All right, thanks. God, please delete that. <laughs>